man, all that work to get the overtime for nothing. Why was that safety on the receiver? Game give us and the game taketh away. It sure does. We have a special guest today, Mr. Jerry V. Let's clap it up for Mr. Jerry V. We, we, we've uh, quit the Jerry V band and he's back. He's back. He's back. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, v, Jerry V is the Bobby Brown to our new edition. He is back, man. We're happy to have him back. Nice like, oh, I, but I thought you might do better than Bobby Brown. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I got one better. I got one better. Okay. He's our David Ruffin to our temptations. temptations. That's better. That's right? better. All right. All right. All right. Got you. Got you. Got you. Got you. Curtis Mayfield would be nice though too. Ooh. Wow. No, 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 no. Get it back. No, no, no. I got one. I got one. He's our uh, Teddy Pendergrass. To the Harold Baptist. Oh, Perfect. Perfect. Yes. I'm your John Baptiste. Woo! All right now. <laughs> Look, man, you you ready to make me feel better. I want to see you wobble. I want to see you shake. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So you're really making me feel better. But the Panthers, uh, they 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 clawed back today uh after a future performance for most of the game on both sides of the ball to tie the game up at 28 to go to overtime. And uh, we gave it up with a touchdown. Uh, guys, man, what, what were your feelings on the game today? I'm going to start with the guests first. Uh, exciting game to watch, a lot of pressure. It had all the things you want in a football game. But then the momentum, it was a perfect game, wasn't it? The game giveth and the game quickly taketh away. Because when they blocked the punt and went in for the touchdown, yeah. the whole swing within two minutes. Minnesota scores two touchdowns. Um, and then there were miscommunications in the coverage against the Minnesota passing game. And Minnesota was putting big plays together. Great drive, great stretch run, great pressure. But goodness gracious, what a tough one to lose. Those turnovers just okay. crushed your heart. Right, right. Jamal? Um. Hopefully, I'm not coming off as like too emotional, but that first you? half, no, no, nah, yeah, me, right? <laughs> not me, right? Um, but that first half didn't look very professional. The offense didn't look very, it, it wasn't a very professional effort at all. There was a lot of sloppiness, there were penalties, there were about 58 drop passes, there was bad quarterback play, there was bad offensive line play. The offense was just dysfunctional from top. To bottom. One thing, I, I, one specific thing that I thought about today, you know, there was a report that came out last week where Robbie Anderson was upset with maybe the, the offense and the receivers coach, um, basically saying that the routes were predictable. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering how much credence can we give to that, being that the receivers didn't look like they were getting very open today, and being that the offense was that dysfunctional. So, just kind of makes me wonder. You know, did, did he have, was Jamal, he justified in his anger last Jamal, week? I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. I counted at least two Robbie Anderson drops. I could be wrong. He for for you to throw a fit like that. We'll talk about that. You soon. need to catch the balls that come. You your also way. need to catch the ball when they hit your hands as well. Absolutely. And you also have to know when to break yeah. off a route. Right. Then right. there's that. Wide <laughs> receivers know how to break off routes, come back, help the quarterback, etc. That communication. So, and Moore had some drops too. So they, I think somebody football first. First play of the game set the tone. Nobody open. Forced the O line, the pocket collapse. 
uh, Darnold's flushed out. It was a Mark makes a bad decision instead of throwing the ball away. All of those things contributed to that interception, and the, the Panthers never recovered. It was just it was that kind of game. I'll give them some credit for not giving up and showing some grit at the very end with you know scoring eleven points with four minutes left. I thought. Because I was like, yeah, that's, that's not happening. And they did that. It's a shame, though, um, we couldn't even get the ball back in, in overtime to give our offense a chance. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny that Rule's saying is don't beat ourselves. And that's exactly what they've done the past two weeks. I'm three. Three, well. It's one of those things, I, though, I mean, you could, you could say it was the execution or you could say it was the coaching. I think it's a combination of the two. The best teams in the NFL – have that perfect mesh with the right. coaching and everything just lines up. The Panthers really, honestly, have not had that all season. Even when they were three and zero, either the players were out executing the coaching, or I don't know if the coaching has ever in any of those three wins, uh, you know, sealed the game for us. But you know, you know how uh, when it came out that that the head coach from Sycamore Bishop was was using plays from Madden. Yeah, that's how I feel about the Panthers. <laughs> I, that's what I feel like. Like, dog, y'all get that out, out of Matt. That's I don't. I, I, I can't call it. Yeah, and it's funny because we we saw a, a beautiful play call on the last score. You know, the, on our last touchdown, and we saw this great quarter. Basically, we all saw the last drive. So you know what I'm thinking? Where the hell was it? <laughs> yeah. The first three y'all quarters. Do that. We couldn't do this the first three quarters, really, guys. I. Yeah, I mean, they they they, they have to set the tone, and. Coming out that Joe Brady has to make it easier for 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 Sam for Sam to get in the rhythm, and you you got to be creative with the play calling too. I mean, it's it's I don't know man. It's, it's Minnesota like, was creative with their play calling. A lot of screens, a lot of uh, QB rollouts, a lot of play action to keep Kirk Cousins. I'm sorry, you let Kirk Cousins throw for 400 yards and gave up almost 600 yards why to does the Kirk Minnesota Cousins, Vikings. Why does Kirk Cousins look like Joe Montana every time he plays us? Is it, why is that? The ball leaves Cousins' hands faster than it does Arnold's hands. Right. The release time. He reads. Well, he's got he's got guys to do. The dudes be open. Yeah. Well, you know, again, they, 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 they had quick routes. Ball gets out of his hands. Arnold is working with with a, with an offensive line that is unpredictable play to play. And that's going to discombobulate some of the play calling. But I agree with you. You know, you got to adapt what you have up front in order to get the ball out of his hands to do it. But the turnovers were critical. They were big plays. Yeah. Yes. Donald sees things I don't see. I'm not a professional quarterback. But if, if I'm playing touch football in the streets with the under-construction guys, I'm going to know the difference if it's covered or not. And if I got an open spot to throw the football and went to eat it, I'd probably run for the touchdown myself personally. Right. And speaking of that, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because you again. Every time I'm on this show, I proved to be too quick. <laughs> we can't do nothing with you, man. But um, I, I my sponsor, homemade Uncle Nicky's homemade tequila made in the basement. Jerry V appears on all podcasts. Homemade Uncle Nicky's homemade. <laughs> Oh, this show is sponsored by 7-Eleven. Not alcoholic slurpees. I need some of that homemade tequila. I need some of that tequila yes. today, man. But to your point, man, I you know, I've been kind of talking about how Sam Darnold likes to throw in these tight windows. He's been doing it all season. And 
you know, those windows, they seem to be getting tighter and tighter. <laughs> and those windows are just not there anymore. And you look at the you look at the stats today, 17 for 41. That's not gonna get it done, y'all. I that's that's I, there's no quarterback in the league who could, who can do that week to week and expect to win. It's not gonna happen. I mean, the, Panthers, the Panthers were two of twelve in third downs too. Wow. They could wow. convert on third down. They were two of twelve in third down conversion. Can't win like that. So. Guys, I got a question. How much is CMC missed in this offense? <laughs> and, 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 and and when he comes back, do you think they make an adjustment of how much of, of a load that he carries? You have to balance Christian McCaffrey's load. That's why he's been injured. Here. Like They were like, okay, we're going to run Christian McCaffrey 30 times a game. We're going to get him that. And remember, we talked about something on the show after the, the win against um, – uh, was it uh, the the Saints? Yes, where the game was won, and they were still running McCaffrey in the fourth quarter. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were like, "Is that a good idea?" And Matt Rule was like, "No, no, no, we're good." And then McCaffrey pulls up in the Dallas game with a hamstring. So when Houston he comes game. back, I, uh, yes, the Houston game. Um, I feel like Chuba Hubbard is good enough to where you can take some of that load off McCaffrey, and that's what you have to do. Chuba Hubbard is not Christian McCaffrey, okay? That's where you are. Come on, guys. Depends yeah. on where you are. I mean, what, what is the feeling of desperation on this team right now? You've lost three in a row. Let's say McCaffrey comes back, right? Now your patience is going to be tested. Do you limit his workload and possibly deny yourself winning a football team? And with all the money you've allocated to him, running backs, let's come on. Use a running back till you wear him out. And that's why you gave him the money. They're going to be desperate. They're going to, what if they monitor him, limit his workload, cost them football games? That's a decision he's still Well, then I, I think that that then speaks bigger to a lack of coaching. You can't tell me that it, the Saints, who ran a two-headed monster for all those years, look at what Dallas is doing now with Ezekiel Elliott and TP. I, the Panthers did it for years with uh, yeah, I, I, I think D'Angelo more, Williams and Jay Stu. I think it's more so about Chuba Hubbard. And then it is, you know, just McCaffrey. Like, we have two Herbert's a pretty talented running back outside of not being able to catch a cold. But other than that, I, I, it's like you got two here's, good backs. Here's, here's the thing about McCaffrey, though. We talked about this before. He lets you cheat on offense. The Panthers are getting away with cheating because you got a guy who no one can cover him one-on-one. You can bring him out of the backfield. Put you him catch, in the slot. You, yeah, you can put him out there in five wide and you don't even need to sacrifice you can do all kinds of stuff with him. You can put him in five wide and then have him drop back as a blocker against the blitz. You can do all kinds of – He's not of, available. He's not you, available. You got to do you, with what you have. He's not available. And that, and that's, we know what McCaffrey can do. We know what's missing. He's not available. But see, and that's the thing. If you don't have that – Oh, oh, oh tap the brakes. You don't adapt, you lose, okay? Yes, absolutely. And listen, if your second and third tier personnel can't step up and replace what you currently have in the NFL, you don't win football games. And if you turn the ball over three times, you don't win football games. All I'm saying is, Rob Chodzinski. Talk about the woman that ain't coming back, okay? All I'm saying is, is Rob Rob Chodzinski is an assistant coach at Boston College. Right now, that's because <laughs> no, 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 no. Joe Brady. I, if he can't, Boston College. 
If you play, <laughs> call Boston College. What are they, what are they doing? Right? Uh, I'm, 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 I'm going to say desperate. You're on the brink. Don't let that yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. V-Man, you may not agree with me, but I do not think paying a running back top dollar is a recipe for winning in the NFL. I never agree. I agree with you 100%. When they first paid him, I said on my talk show, they're going to regret that decision. Don't pay a running back. Although he's not You don't pay a wide receiver that hasn't done anything that same thing either. We did that. We gave Robbie Anderson all this money. <laughs> Let me take a 20 timeout, turn it into a full. He is not just a running back. That's true. He's also a receiver. Modern type offense is just like Bill Walsh back in the day. Utilize a running back that can run the ball, catch the ball, run after the catch. That's what he is. He's a multi-dimensional football player. What? The offensive line is hurting you right now, but they knew that going into the season. They got to address it. Well, but guys, we knew when Rule took the gig, it's a rebuild job. And now everybody wants to take the Panthers and put it in a microwave and put three minutes on it to cook the ready contender. Come on. Jerry, we started three and oh, man. Could you, I mean, could you, could you beat the Saints team missing eight coaches? Play the Jets. You hey, under construction in the V man. The three and oh start was a mirage. It was a mirage. Okay. But, but moving to the Eagles. The Eagles aren't as good as the Panthers. Let me make my point. Look at the substance and the caliber of the talent you went three and zero against. It was nice to go three and zero. Don't get me wrong. You're going to start critiquing a team, critique against the talent and the caliber of competition. Come on, let's relax. Gotcha, Jerry. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Let me ask you a question. Do you think it was smart to go after Stephon Gilmore, C.J. Henderson? Those to me kind of scream win now type moves. Yeah, they, they were screaming, yeah, that they think they could be good enough to go ahead and make a run right now. Now, remember what I said earlier. Mm -hmm. What is your mode of desperation? Because you're, you're looking at the McCaffrey thing, and you're looking. You looked at the 3-0. 3-0 uh -huh. entice you. Right. Entice you and draw you into the room and say, the two of upgrading our secondary, and we'll admit we can win the NFC South. Did it do that? I'll ask you guys. Well, but hold on. Did we lose these three games in a row because of lack of talent? Um, no. That's a fair No. ESPN said the Panthers' offense, seventh best as far as weapons. I'm, 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 I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Dallas is a more talented that's team. That's true. Than no, that's, that's Dallas, true. Dallas is a better team than we are. I don't – I'm going to be But see, my thing is – is this team? I mean, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't have that grit and that toughness, we should have never lost that Philadelphia game at all. That was disgusting. I'm just saying, in the NBA, if you have a talented team that's not winning, what's the first thing they do? 
Fire the coach. They fire the coaches. Now I'm not saying Matt Rule should be fired because it's just re- year two of the rebuild. You 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 might you may be in the minority, but <laughs> I don't think the coach. I don't think you fire the coach at all. Not, I think you give Matt Rule at least as long as you gave Ron Rivera three years. Who the coach? David Tepper. David. David. Yeah. The owner did. You think he's going to bail out on his? No, 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 no. Um, absolutely not. Wait a second. You think he's absolutely gonna, not? Wait a second. You think he's going to bail out on his pick after two years and say I made a mistake? Come on, please. It's a rebuild. It's it's a rebuild. Let, him, let him do that. No, but but if we got talent and it's not producing, then it's something. Right, I think you are exaggerating the caliber of talent on this football team, especially when you look at the old line. It's got to be redesigned. Okay, they need to do that. They definitely uh, need to do that. They need to look at their secondary. They need more depth in the secondary. They had the injuries there. They need to replenish that. And the question is, does Darnold resort back to being a New York Jet quarterback? He blossom and become the better quarterback here. What we have seen so far from him is unpredictable play quarter to quarter. He shows right. you a series of plays where he is legitimate, then he shows you somewhere he is not with some of his decision making. So he's got to he's got to become more reliable and consistent as the season goes on for this team. But I'm not bailing right now. I'm not I'm not bailing. I'm not pulling a pin and, and bailing right now with all of this. And it, I knew there were deficiencies coming into the season. Right, right. I, just, I, I don't think the Panthers, except for Dallas, Minnesota's not more talented than Carolina, and neither is Philadelphia, right? Philadelphia. You I, 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 have great talent. You can have talent on both teams. It's all about who's performing best in the key series of plays with this right, game. Right. That's what it is. And the Panthers – Weren't get aren't getting it done during key junctures of the game, a key series of plays. Turnover, nice drive, turnover, fumble, ball security. You can have talent. It's it's the it's the old cliche, the game of mistake. When does the mistake occur within that series of plays? And right now they're hurting themselves. Speaking of that, let's talk about this second quarter. Where we 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 drive into field goal range and we take ourselves out of field goal range. Because of gross mismanagement by coaching penalties, there's a holding penalty in their drive. That two timeouts. two timeouts that they wanted to call back to back but couldn't call them back to back because of the that, was that, that was bad. That was bad. That was the sloppiest I've ever seen so any game. I got a question. Jerry Jer- might be able to give us answer on this. I remember one of the biggest knocks against the Ron Rivera Cam Newton era was that time in. Yes, it would take too long for the plays to come in. And the Panthers would snap the ball with, like, zero on the clock. And there was a lot of people that said, well, Cam's not good in the huddle getting the plays or the play calls weren't coming down fast. Well, now we're seeing it with a completely new coaching staff. And we had the same issue last year with Teddy. So is it – what? what is it? <laughs> why, are the, why are the plays coming in so slow? Why are the Panthers always flirting with the delay of game and in these situations where – they got to call back to back timeouts, which is illegal. <laughs> you know, I, I don't I don't understand that. Is it a technical issue? I don't know. I don't. Is, it headphones? is it a lack of <laughs> decisiveness issue? Is there a a something wrong in the chain of command or who has the, the, the final say? Where, where is this delay? You know, it could be a variety of things, but I haven't looked at that as being a big problem for this Panther team. 
That didn't even dawn on me. And by the way, it took me a year and a half of therapy to get the name Cam Newton out of my head. Who, by the way, the past two years of his career. So I'm not even going to go there. Just like they're overhyping the caliber of talent on this Panther team, you see. <laughs> the lack of patience. And again, you're thinking of that. No way idea in the NFL with this club that's redesigned top to bottom. I can't wait to listen to the show when the Panthers move to the new stadium. And Rocky, um, <clears throat> no, they will, they will never, ever, ever, ever move. It's going to be across the street. It'll be across the street. Yeah. <laughs> and that Piper Foundry land. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I have a question. All right. So you mentioned a couple of times that, you know, we should have kind of expected this and we're in the rebuild. But some of these moves, like getting Stefan Gilmore and getting CJ Henderson, it to me it doesn't speak rebuild. So can you see? Well, that's why I said were they mesmerized by the three and zero start and exaggerating what their talent is. Were they hypnotized by the three and zero start and thinking they're just a few pieces away from yeah. the NFC South? Plus, it's a seventeen game season. It's a long way to go. Uh, before anybody starts pushing the, the the restart button, and I just want to be clear: when you say they, you mean Panthers management? Like, do you, oh, are yeah, you? Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 if you have a chance to get whoever's making the decisions on who is designing the roster, you know, and because we don't know, other key teams might get hit by injury. Uh, Panthers, they might improve in certain areas. The additional personnel might be a great help. McCaffrey might come back feeling good with a hamstring, and that could dramatically alter everything. My question right. to you is, the caliber of competition in games one, two, and three, did that hypnotize you and put you in a trance? They're better than what they are at this point of the schedule. You can get better, or you can get worse, of course. It's a, Well, also, those three games, we – had everybody. We're missing key players on defense. We, we miss Shaq Thompson today more than any the three of us want to admit because we've been kind of on Shaq. We miss, you know, uh, I think also, we, we, we miss J.C. Horn because in that scenario, you don't have a safety trying to cover a receiver for the last play right. of the game. Uh, and of course, you miss Christian McCaffrey. So the Panthers aren't exactly exactly the same team that they were. Everybody's hurt. You know? I feel like you know, you know, remember when Moses brought the big rock black to the people? Remember that? When you turn that around, you don't want to sit on the back. In the NFL, you're as good as your second and third tier talent. If, if yeah, but we didn't want to was your talent measure up? at the same position to the talent at the same position of the opposing team. How does your second and third tier talent measure up to the second and third tier talent of the team you have to beat in your division? As where the comparison comes right now. And then what impacts that? Health. Yeah, that's true. The Panthers are missing depth in key, key positions here. I, I don't, but the Stefan Gilmore trade, if you have a chance to get a guy like him for nothing, which is essentially what happened. Why not? C.J. Henderson, that's different because the Panthers had to give up some stuff to trade for a guy, and, and nobody knew Stephon Gilmore was even going to be available the following week. I think if the Panthers had known they could get Gilmore, they might not have pulled the trigger on the, the Henderson, Henderson trade. Deal, right. um, 
I, I don't think the Gilmore is necessarily a win now move. I think that's kind of we don't want anyone else to get him, and we got a chance to so get him. I thought it was a move they felt we enhanced that that section of our football team. It makes us a better team, gives us a better shot to win on division. I think they saw three and zero, and they still think that they are good enough to make a whole lot of noise in the NFC South. Remember in today's game, they lost today's game because of mistakes. Right, right, right. That's true. Now you go back and you break the game tape down and you pull out all the good stuff on the plays that you won, the plus plays that you won against Minnesota. Look at the point of the drive when a turnover came, except for that very first the interception. Look where you were, field position, execution, where were you efficient? Did the one mistake wipe it all out? Because if you're one of the mistakes from winning a football game, well, then you don't have a lot to improve upon if you have ball security. Right, right. Yep. Vima, let me ask you a question. Sure. Why is it that when we have a home game, <laughs> it's always a 50-50 split <laughs> between the Panthers fans and the opponent fans? Quite frankly, I'm sick of seeing it. I'm tired of the excuse we're a young team. It's almost been three decades. What is your take on this? Transient city. There's people that move in. Charlotte is a transient city. It's a transient city, and there's people that live from all other areas of the country here, um, and they, they keep their allegiance to their home team. And Minnesota fans, they travel well. That's what it is. It is what it is. It's been that way for years and years. Remember when Green Bay's in town and when the Cowboys are in town? Yep. long-term built-in allegiance. Now, when you consistently win football games and, and instead of not having back-to-back winning seasons or a lack of playoffs through the years, that's going to impact the emotional involvement and engagement of a team, I mean, of a fan base. And that's what's happened. Like, for example, I'm a New York Giants fan. Even though they stink right now, I'm not going to cut them against the team I grew up with. And other people aren't going to do it to other teams, right? Right, so right. So team comes in town, for them, if they live there and had allegiance to it, they're going to stay there. That's the way it goes. They got to win. They got to have consistent winning. That's what the ones to do. Because... In 2016, when we were 15 and one, we didn't see this as much. You know what I mean? I I went to almost all the games then, and I don't remember seeing 50-50 splits. It was mostly us. So winning Carolina, basically. Give people a reason to go to the stadium, put it on the radio, watch it on TV. You got to fuel that passion. You got to fuel that winning. Yeah, instead of Charlie. Yeah, we're not Cleveland. Right. No, Cleveland, I said, you know, people, time, people aren't going to invest all the time on a maybe. They want to invest all the time on what it will be. And you right, know, right. What is it, this little off topic, what does it take to be a Cleveland? They've never been good, ever. Not in my lifetime. Never. They've never been good. They've never been good. You They've never been good in my lifetime. I've been on the earth 42 years. How many playoffs? Have the Cleveland Browns been to? They, 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 they have history. They have passion. And at the time, they had a fan base and a media that was incredibly still do demanding to perform. And it's built in the culture. It's built in down here when the Panthers came in, which I was when they first started. We are in the holy land of yeah. basketball, especially mm-hmm. college basketball, football. The NFL comes in, and yes, I agree with you. They've been here long enough to get something going, but they, they haven't been a consistent winner. Some people are thinking, oh, you know, they got to the Super Bowl at 2015 with Cam. That should be enough. 
to excite the whole city. No, show me again. Yeah, and they failed to do that. Those, those football tickets are a lot of money. I'm gonna make a, a bold statement. This city will never, ever be anything like any of those other cities. I don't care if we win 20 Super Bowls. It will never, ever happen. Because yeah. I, because there's too much divisiveness about, one, the value of sports in Charlotte. We had to we had to cheat and lie to get Time Warner Cable Arena. You know, I'm, nobody in the city wanted. The, the fans voted against that. And it had nothing to do. And, and, and the Hornets at the time, although they had left, remember the Hornets were a perennial playoff team when they went to New Orleans. They, had, they you know, they weren't. Uh, bottom feeders. Right. They weren't bottom feeders anymore. And no, nobody I cared. Was I was with them for 22 yeah, years. You, yeah, you know. I don't know. The Panthers first showed up. So I, I, I think what Jerry V is saying, like a transient city, people bring their old teams. I mean, the, the amount of dominance that it would take to just for everyone to be a Panthers fan. It's, it's, it's unrealistic. Exactly. It's unrealistic. Consistency of, of the wind column, being a transient city, the up and downness, etc. You know, I look at it this way, too. Let's not forget this caveat. When Jerry Richardson was the owner of this team, sometimes I wonder, how bad did he want it? Mm. He didn't even build how driven and possessed was the organization to be a Super Bowl team? And I know you can come back and say, well, you know, they got there a couple of times. Yeah, how driven? How do you, how do you, how do you not build a practice facility Okay. So, and now you got an aggressive owner that comes in aggressive as, a, as hell, and I love it that he is. You know, people are trying to jam him up because they're not winning right away. They have no patience. See what I mean? No patience. Why don't they have patience? Haven't had back-to-back winning tough seasons. You haven't been reliable. I hope they get there because the fan base is disturbing, and I know a lot of hardcore football fans in this area. I hard love it. Panther fans, you got to give them something. Give me something, something, as the saying goes. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a question nobody wants to ask, and I and I hate to go here, but this is observation, and I have to ask this question: How much of this has to do with Cam Newton not being here again? Let me expound for a second. We we know how relevant he made us. Let, let's not even talk about wins and losses, okay? Let's talk about exposure and how cool it was to be a Panthers fan. How much of what we're seeing now is due to him? No longer being a Carolina Panther. I don't zero. think much. Absolutely zero. 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 Um, that's the indicate. That's the problem. We, we, if Cam was still here and we're losing, supporting your pro team because Cam Newton is in here. That's an indicator. You're not hardened enough of a fan base. Well, well that, hey, that's Because I heard it every day when I would say he's on a three-year downtick. We broke it down. We extrapolated all the numbers, all the trends, all the games. And some fans still refuse. They still live by the wow moments of big plays and 22-15 and couldn't see what was happening in the now. And who, and who's he playing for now? <laughs> <laughs> About to be playing for us again if Sam Donald doesn't. Oh, 
It's just that fans you're on the phone or somebody bless this show. Fans gravitate. They use players for relevance, and relevance builds. I'll give you a perfect example. This is a good segue. No, thank you. Nobody would care about the Charlotte Hornets if Lamelo Ball wasn't playing for us. Nobody would care. We get no national games. Nobody. And and I say this as someone. who spends a lot of time in the, the Hornets group, more time than my mental health really Allows should, should allow for. <laughs> but when before LaMelo Ball was drafted, we had maybe 6,000 members. Right. Now. Uh, over We started that group in 2013. Yep. Over one year, we're already up past 11K. The Hornets haven't won anything. That's great. That's great. You know, That's great. But what I'm saying is that. You don't make the playoffs. That's yeah. great. If, 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 if LaMelo Ball. If the Hornets didn't make the playoffs, you'd still have Charlotte Hornet LaMelo Ball fans. You know what I'm saying? They they would be the, the – they're just here for – Will you have Charlotte Hornet fans? No, but listen. Let's say, let's say LaMelo Ball goes to the Lakers. Or goes oh, they're losing half our fans. They're gone. I don't care if the Hornets win the championship. If he goes to the Lakers, <laughs> then they're going with him. But, Jerry, that, that actually – Get into the playoffs. Let's hard. Let's get a little hardcore here. Get into the playoffs. Make demands for the entire roster and the coaching staff to get into the playoffs, and let's build that way. Because if you are telling me, you're telling me that Cam Newton's going to determine whether or not a fan base is going to be on his Panther team. It's not a fan base. I'm going to make Donald Duck sounds all week. <laughs> it's not a fan base. I, 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 it's not a fan base. We don't have good I, – I don't think Charlotte has good sports fans. I've traveled the world, and so have you guys. Yeah. Look, it, Jerry, you you lived in another sports town. You've lived in other sports towns. Char- someone even in the comments said, Panthers fans are the wine and cheese crowd. And I remember when the Panthers first came into the league, that was kind of the league joke. Right. But it's kind of the truth. Actually, if the panda, let me tell you what, but it has changed to a degree over the past few years. I agree. There weren't enough demands made of the team. There wasn't, there wasn't the passion at the time coming from the media. You didn't hear the scrutiny and the daily conversation. You hear it now about the team, about the Panthers, about the Hornets, the consistent flow of information, 12 months a year like they do in the yeah. city, about your basketball team and your football team. And to be a hardcore pro-devoted fan base, it has to be a constant. Because you didn't counter the competition against North Carolina, the ACC, and the college fans that grew up with it. You know, God bless them. It's a, they, they grew up with it. So now there's something else on the buffet table. They needed a, you needed to constantly feed them and show them. Right, right. Plus, let's face it, the Panthers were getting their points and all the mess was going around. They handled the mess going on in the Panther front office with kick gloves. It's a mentality that we had like, we're just happy to be here. And at, at, at some point, you got to grow up. And it, right. it took us a little longer to grow up, but we're finally getting to that point where we're actually holding ownership accountable. I wish that people would hold Tepper more accountable sometimes than they hold Jordan accountable, but it's, it, it goes hand in hand. I, but I, there you have it. You know, there you have it. And it's this day and age, as long as the Hornets have been in existence and now the Panthers, to still be talking about wine and cheese, and a band, it, it's upsetting. It's, it's very, absolutely. But that, I, I mean, 
that's on our fans. And part of the problem is that. Yeah, but I think I think it's a, it's it's slight exaggeration of it. I think part of it now is an exaggeration because the people that I'm around, they talk some hardcore basketball and football. Right. I mean hardcore. Yeah, they, they, they are into it. But yeah, I feel like that's a small circle. Your emotional feeling because the team's not playing well and it's your frustration. You know, are the young fans getting engaged with this club? You know, I think okay. is doing a much better job of talking with more and greater consistency about the product. Um, and hopefully it's going to, you got to win. You got to win. Nobody's going to throw money around. You got to win. win. You get it going to tickle the fan base. I don't know. I'm, 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 I think of examples like the Cleveland Cavalier, Cavaliers. How many fans they got now? <laughs> I mean, no, zero. When LeBron James left, everyone left with him. I'm not saying, I'm, 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 I'm not saying LaMelo Ball is LeBron James. I, I, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Cleveland has had a professional basketball team for 40, 50 years now. They still have more of a diehard fan base than we do. Well, because the, they, you know, They've had a Fresno basketball team for I mean, I mean years, you, you got to look at like they, they had good years, the good runs in the late 80s, early 90s. And, and, and in Cleveland, just as a, a pro sports city, they're more established with their norms. That's how it shows. It's way more of a part of a culture than yeah, it is. Yeah, it's really right. to the Why? Charlotte, Charlotte sports culture is a subculture. But see, the you thing is, I guess the point I'm making is that Cleveland never got to be that culture because they were winning necessarily. They weren't winning anything before LeBron James came. They weren't winning anything when LeBron James was there until he left and came back. Look, man, but but they still love their team. Watch, it's, it's their team. Like, like, well, exactly, it's their team. So what do we got to do to make the Hornets? They got history. They got history. They have they have footage in their archives. They're black and white. That they do. They they really really that's true. Yeah, yeah. Jim. They, they got footage. You only get on the real to real. And that, history, <laughs> and that history is passed along from great grandfather to father to son and all. They have history. They have legacy. You have that in the Carolinas. You have it more. You would have it more if you win consistently and if the fan base give give them a reason. To fall in love with the product at a different level, economy's playing a role in everything else. You, you, hey, you're going to leave your house. You're getting some of the fan. I've never been to a game, so I'm going to go. go. And, and it's different now as far as people going. Do you want to get people to the arena? You better consistently give them a product that's entertaining and, and wins games and gives you playoff hope every year. You want to know why? Because you can stay home on a 16-inch screen and have your own snacks and sit in your comfortable chair and watch the product instead of fighting traffic. You want a fan to fight traffic? Not just a casual fan who plays the game, fight traffic. God forbid, sit set to a knucklehead fan that's screaming and yelling like an idiot, you know, and person, whatever. Win consistently. Put a product on the court and on the field that is captivating to entice fans to want to get up close. So they can't turn off the TV and go, ah, we're losing again, I'm going to bed. <laughs> right. So speaking of losing again and going to bed, uh, the Panthers, the, 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 not the Panthers, the Hornets. Uh, oh, real quick, picks for next week. Next week, we play the Giants next week. Who do you got next week, Jerry? Uh, 
I have to stay with my Giants. I mean, I grew up with the Giants. My father oh, turned over in the grave. And take we just talk all that about fans <laughs> in Charlotte. <laughs> I'm oh, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> my betting app just lit up when I heard that. That's why. The uh, as far as fans are concerned. Probably, it's got to be more Carolina fans that'll be here next week against the Giants. It's in New York. It's in New York. Are the Giants going to want to follow? I mean, the Giants are having a tough year. They're having a rough, rough year right now. So, if this was a game with different implications, maybe they would. So, I'm going to say I'll give it to the Carolina. Sure. They fans. should win. When you discuss this, makes me feel like I'm at a JV game. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's you know, this is the thing. See, we should be talking about the product, and now the fans are hearing the same old, same old again, which is an indicator that we're still dealing with the fan issue. So in the, we're, we're suffocating the idea and the story to grow the enthusiasm by keep bringing up the same old other fan base. Stop it. Let's talk about the product to bring the fan base in to talk about the product. Follow mm -hmm. me? Gotcha. So speaking of the product, which product wins next week? I'm I'm going us. We better win next week. We, the the sky will fall if we. No offense, Mister Jerry. The sky will fall if we lose to the damn Giants next week. It is a must win. I I know we're talking about Game Seven of the season. That is a must win next week. I I cautiously have us winning. Hey, 27. Hey, you're not offending me because it's the Giants. I'm going to add to what you said. Gotcha. The sky will fall and the earth will part. It'll be a reenactment of the sports Pompeii. <laughs> <laughs> the Giants. And I love it. I don't. I'm, Panthers, you're right. Panthers have to win next week. I, yeah, I, I can't call I can't uh, make Hold a on a minute. Hold on. Let me bless myself. <laughs> Bless this pod. Thank you. <laughs> so last week we picked the time hanging out. It's always fun. We can't wait to get you back in the studio too. Well, that's what you said a year ago. That's well. I mean, right, well, we had a pandemic and you stuff, know, man. Sorry. Virus goes through your computer. <laughs> Point taken. How many podcasts I did during my isolation? Oh, I bet. Yeah, I bet you're a hot commodity for podcast land. Kaiser, you didn't sound confident, man. So you are you picking the Giants next week, bro? I know. I think the Vikings. I'm with you on this one. The Panthers aren't foaming at the mouth next week to win that football game, and they lose. Your next podcast will be nothing but an hour and a half of silence. <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that, actually, because I won't have. Looking at this you three, you three should get a casket. Each one lay in the casket, and then have the camera pan in if the Panthers were to lose, and just like do still shots with you guys. If the Panthers lose next week, only Hornets next week. That's it. We won't even talk about it. I'm not. I'm not talking no, about. No, 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 no. You can't do that. See, You're not being a good fan. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot play allowed on your team when the goal. You, you, you uh, no. They gotta get me No, you can't say you're not gonna talk about it when they lose. Hammer them if they lose next week because that fuels the fans. That's true. You That's hold true. them accountable and hold them accountable. Next week, 
they lose. That's true. No, Jerry's right about that. You have to let them know how poor of a product that is. If they lose next week, though, I, I can't. I, I mean, obviously, we'll have to see what happens during the game. I'm starting to get I can't call it. Is, is it coaching or talent? I understand that we're in a rebuild, but I, I just hate hearing that because I don't, with these losses, except for the Dallas loss, I just don't feel like Philly and, the, and Minnesota are better teams than Carolina, right. at least on the field. I'm sorry. Right, Ronnie, who you got next week, man? Hornets. <laughs> just skip the game. Hornets by 60. Um, 68. 31-21 Panthers. All right. With a defensive score and a special team score. Do we even want to pick an offensive MVP this week? No. Chuba Hubbard. Nobody. Defensive MVP? I got Keith Taylor Jr. The, the Vikings fans. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's We're going to move on. Let's move, move on. Ronnie. So on Wednesday, on Wednesday night, uh, the other professional sports team in the city that just lost by 68 points. The season's in, over. In the preseason game. We're done. Uh, Starts the season. Who who we play against on Wednesday? Pacers. Pacers. Which is, I think, the best game to start the season with. Because that's the game we ended last year. Yeah, exactly. And so we we play the Pacers. Uh, V-Man, I'm going to start with you. How are you feeling regarding the Hornets this season upcoming? Um, I have a tremendous anticipation and hope for them. Mm -hmm. I know what the reality is. I know the areas of play that I feel they have to improve upon to become a playoff team. I know that. It's fairly obvious to me what the needs are. I'm anticipating and looking forward to to see how much Paul has, uh, what he will bring this year. I'm looking forward to see the new additions on how they will add. I want to see uh, what rookie maybe evolves and, and makes an early contribution. But there's certain areas of the that concern me going into the season that I must see improve upon. So I got to ask the obvious question, which I don't – another question I don't want to ask, but this is something that's on the fans' minds. What was the level of concern after the 68-point blowout in a meaningless preseason game? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Zero. I mean, it, 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 like, it's like literally it's preseason – we had like three starters out. Lamelo played like eleven minutes. PJ got hurt. And Miles got hurt. Miles got hurt, and so I, I don't put much stock into that game. Um, the Mavs treated it more like a dress rehearsal than we did. We were just trying not to get hurt further at the end of the game. To me, yeah, I, I we said this last week. I said uh, there's an old boxing saying: "Real pros know when to spar, when to fight." You know, what are you going to if you're all your starters are hurt and not playing major minutes, what are you out there like uh, thinking you're like trying to accomplish? I'm not, the Hornets aren't out there. Uh, and I don't feel like Uh-oh. a lot of people are like, you know, they, you still got to play as hard as you can. Okay. Well, that's fine. But the Mavericks played all their starters. They have Porzingis and Luca out there into the third quarter. What, what are guys who aren't probably aren't even going to make the team? You got Wes and Wandu out there. What is he going to do against Luka Doncic? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Can it's I ask not- you a question? Can I ask you a question? Sure, sir. Why couldn't the question be answered quickly and briefly? <laughs> what are your concerns I- about that final loss? Answer, none. <laughs> because our fans – Because The veteran players use preseason as a conditioning timing thing. You're not going to overexpose an established player in right. a preseason game. 
The rookies are looking at it for further evaluation and to be tested. Not all the play calls have been introduced. Not all the defensive nuances are going to be exposed during the preseason. It's a very basic basketball. They'll put in a couple of basic fundamental wrinkles to see how you handle it. Are you following instruction? Are you recall what was said in the huddle as a rookie going out onto the floor? Your defensive assignments, your flow of the game. Nobody cares. I did 22 years of preseason. I used to medicate myself during preseason games. So I wouldn't have to broadcast those games. I'm looking for the regular season. That last blowout, I couldn't believe it. Hey, guys were asking me in my message box, how concerned are you with the big loss? I said, I'm in a bathtub right now with hot water and I cut my wrist. I don't care. Goodness gracious. But the fans do. No, and listen, it's your job to tell them why they shouldn't care. It's your job and my job and everyone else. And I'm not mad at you. I'm just trying to give you an entertaining uh, we, No, yeah, we, we know. We their lives where they're supposed to go during a preseason game. Coaches evaluate preseason games differently. They look at it differently. Sometimes I don't even pay attention to the score. They might create a situation in the huddle for a young player or two. Okay, we're going to see how you do the next five minutes. I'm glad you said that because I think a lot of people don't understand that sometimes the coaches will purposefully put players at a disadvantage during the preseason to see, to, to just them. to see. Like the Miami right? when we're up in the fourth quarter and JB takes everybody out. And he basically pushed the G Leaguers out there right. to see how they would react in the last two minutes of a game. And you got to see how you react. Your guy just scored on you four straight times. And right. I, and I ask you, are you going to guard somebody tonight? I want to see how you react to your chops and how you're going to be in a situation. So there's mental evaluation, physical evaluation. You know, and the mental on recalling a play, running the play, the mental challenge, you know, the conditioning, the little things. Are you transitioning from offense to defense? Are you finding your man? Are you doing this? Are you closing out? So they can have game tape to show the young player this right. is what you did well, this is what you didn't do well. That way it transfers to individual work and preparation to make player better right and, and, and people don't realize too like you said that they have to make roster cuts exactly you, you, you basically have 20 people in the roster you got to chop it down to 15 and, and you, you you got you got to mix and match players see how they play off each other and you got to evaluate okay if gordon hayward gets injured and kelly uber gets injured can i depend on this guy to fill in the need and do what he's supposed to do you, you like you said earlier you're looking for depth Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm not playing my starters heavy minutes in the preseason. I'm trying to see what I got. They already established. No, and I'm doing a pressure situation. I'm coming up. Oh, excuse me. This mic. This mic. <laughs> excuse me. Let me do this. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Missing pop. <laughs> my girl right here. My squeeze. Right. Um, I, I want to. We're on the timeout. I go to you guys. Okay, you three guys. We're gonna run whatever the play is. Mm-hmm. Let's say we're let's, let's say you're down 25. Ignore the score. We're down two. We need a bucket. We're going to measure your effort and performance over the next 10 possessions. We're going to evaluate you defensively, offensively. Go run the stuff. So now I got a 10 play package, let's say, 10 possession package. Mm-hmm. I, ended up 
I take it to the tape room later, and I show you three guys. This is when I told you you were down well, two or three. Let's chart the 10 possessions that you guys were in. Now your eyes are locked on that tape. Who cares right. you're down 25? Yeah. We create the mini game. We call them mini games within the game to give a grade to you. Right? Mm -hmm. So I look for something positive to make you feel good. And then I got to pull out coaching points we need to work on. That's what they do. Mm -hmm. so I don't think Coach Brago and anybody on that staff, well, disappointed with the margin. They pull stuff out of preseason games to help build and develop their players. Right, right, right. And how, pre how prevalent is it that there are some guys who know they're not going to be on this team. They're, <laughs> they, they know they're not going to make the cut. So, I mean, you know, But you know your agent's telling you? You never know who's watching you. Sometimes right. you, play, you play real hard because you might get picked up by someone else. And maybe you get a shot there. An injury might happen. Now I remember you. Well, we need somebody. My 12th man, maybe. Let's bring him back that we had in camp. So you're playing to make longevity in the league or trying to get into the league. Yeah. Right. So, Jerry, you, you spoke that you kind of already know what some of the obvious needs are for this team yeah. going into the season. Yeah. Let's, let's talk more about that. What, okay. what are the needs? And, and, and if if you are Jerry Kupchak, are you are you trying to try to fill those needs this season or next season? Or what, what's what? What do you what do you do about the these performance needs? And the roster isn't done yet. OK, you're, because you're still evaluating. Right. What I'm going to measure this team on is number one. I do not like the fact that they were predominantly a three-ball team. I think this is a better basketball team. For example, they were number eight in the league in threes attempted, okay? And they were number nine in the threes made. However, their overall offense was efficiently put them in the bottom part of the market. They were number 21. Why? They don't get to the line enough. They weren't very good effective field goal shooting team which is the true indicator on your scoring because effective field goal measures the combination of making your jumpers and your free throw they don't get to the line enough this is a better team i think if they will play at three different levels the three the lane area mid-range restricted area contact to enhance the number of trips of getting to the line where they are very, very low. They're very low. Uh, in fact, they rank in the bottom bottom five or six getting to the free throw line in the NBA. Okay? Because they relied so much on the three, it impacted their defense. Their defensive efficiency, they're 18. Their offensive efficiency, they were 21. Their points per game, they were 22. So they're overall shooting. They're not that good shooting team outside of the three. Now, here's the other thing. Their defensive efficiency, I mentioned at 18, they are not a good defensive rebounding team. That's a tough man's stat. Yeah. You know, I've always said there are two big indicators that tell me a team has live legs and they are mentally tough and ready to play. One, it's defensive rebounding. The ball goes up. Who is going to go get it to limit the opposition from getting other opportunities? The other thing that tells me you're alive and alert and ready to play is how sharp and precise are your defensive rotations. 
and they had major clippage. And this number here in the league, opponents knocking the three down with too much efficiency against you. You're not getting out the three ballers. So those two areas right there, I think, are huge. Improve defensively from the defensive rebounding standpoint, from your team defense, rotations, closeouts, because that tells me you're totally engaged. Again, I'm going to measure their shooting. But I do not think this team taps in all of their potential if they continue to rely solidly on shooting the three. Now, look, I know it's a big, big trend in the NBA. I know a lot of teams are shooting a lot of threes. But I'm looking at this team. The creativity of, of, of ball, when the ball is in his hands, lead to a lot of cutters, play actions, ball getting in the lane that should lead to contact to increase free throws. Open floor with, with Rozier and him. You know, mm-hmm. it, can, can you get out and maneuver, play action, cutting, slashing, free ball, mix up your scoring? Because if they get to the line more, rest a little better, right? Right, right. Get into the mid-range game, drawing more fouls, right? The post game. What do you think? You know, they got PJ Washington and Bridges and all also adding and working on their back to the basket game. I would like to see them become a three-level offensive team. Three, two, restricted area, bottom of the lane to throw line. And that that to me that makes perfect sense because I kind of feel like it gets really ugly with us when the three doesn't fall. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of feel like we it like like the mark like the score we see maybe not sixty eight point losses, but feel like we see some wider margins in in in, in losses when when our threes are not falling. No, and that's a good point. And let me validate your point even further. Let me further emphasize why I think your point is spot on. The Hornets were twenty second in the league in field goals made. Twenty second in field goals made. Eighteen attempted. You're not a playoff. Yeah, that's bottom half. It, it it's yeah. The, the numbers kind of go hand in hand there. You're scoring. You got to mix it up and become a team that is tougher to defend. With then to be so predictable. Cuts, play action, ball movement, the three ball to mix it like the uh, like some of those great San Antonio teams played with Ginobili and Parker and Duncan, right. who are a total pain in the tuchus to try to defend. They had so much action going off the ball. Came in so many ball. ways. I'd like yeah. to see the Hornets implement that more. I'm, I'm going to say this. I think this offseason, the Hornets became a worse three-point shooting team with the loss of, of Monk and, and, and Graham. But I think that they added enough versatility in Ishmith and Ubre, not necessarily known as three-point shooters, but I, I, I like the creativity of Ish. And I think Ubre can put pressure and, and get to the basket and get to the line. Yeah. And he could and so, be that next man for you. He could be the guy that comes off the bench and gets you 15, 16 a night. Right, right, right. And so, and, and I actually like the move of PJ going to the bench as well, starting the season. But, but, but what's the area of concern to me, like you mentioned, is rebounding. To me, we really did not address that center position. Uh, Plumley is nice, he's okay. But I, I really think that you needed more of a, of a force at that five position. And I don't really necessarily think Kai Jones is ready or Nick Richards is ready to, 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 to play heavy minutes in the NBA at this point. So I, I don't want to see I don't want to see PJ Washington at the five. That, yeah, didn't, that I, didn't work for me. I think everyone agrees that the five is the big even Borrego last season 
in a in a the, comment that the, the quote was hilarious. Right, yeah, yeah like hey, they gotta get me somebody at the five is essentially what he was saying. But, Battery low. But I mean that's um that's a tough position. Well, to we're looking at rim protection, rim protection, rim protection. And I think that Plumley, I mean, I think that Plumley could be a 12, nine rebound guy per night, 12 points, nine boards a night. Yeah. I think he's decent enough to hold surf you. But we're talking about so many of the games that I saw. And people were saying, we need a rim protector, rim protector. And that's great to have because it would have helped the skies. The many times that I saw what I mentioned earlier, that alert off the ball, rotating, close out, when to switch, when not to type of defensive play. Because mm -hmm. you wanted the real to help bail you out, you know, three or four possessions per game. But I think if they build up and improve collectively as a defensive unit, then I think that yeah. offset. Right. And sometimes you can get small guy at the five based on what other teams are putting yeah but seems to be very matchup oriented and i think what a lot of fans don't realize is that there has to get rebounds you need rebounding opportunities right and teams don't miss that much against the hornets therefore there are less rebounds uh to be had i think yeah we shore up defense we make teams miss more there are more rebounding opportunities um, to, to go around and I think that that would make more of an impact than just having a guy that we say, okay, so you sit in the middle and, and gather rebounds. You know, what I, the, I, you know where the Hornets are right defending the three? Probably like You know where the Hornets rank in defending the effective field goal percentage, which to me is a true indicator versus just the average field goal percentage. Probably third. In the league in defending effective field goal, which is the combination of the throw and, and the jumper, 26. So that evidence right there tells me where they need to build um, is your defense. As you mentioned, the defense, the rebounding is a big factor. Defensive rebounding, because they're, they're, they're a good offensive rebounding team, but their defense needs to be addressed. The other thing I have is, is this roster going to be able to withstand Another injury to Hayward when he goes down. Because if you look at his history, we have to prepare for that. You steal them up, then. And will your backup personnel develop enough to hold serve and offset some key injury or key injuries that you might have? And how do you do that on those tough nights on the road? When you're right. back up, you've got to become a much better defensive team. How do you disguise the certain guys, better ball movement, uh, a better offensive flow, and a more diversified approach offensively to go with the three instead of just the three. Make yourself a tougher, make yourself, the, the commandment you tell guys, make yourself a tough person to guard with and right. without the ball. That's what I, that's why I, I go back to that original point I made. Yeah, and, and, and then I, that, that that's that's why I love the acquisition of Ubre. People were kind of confused about that, but but history tells you that Gordon will miss some games, and to me, he'll be the perfect type of backup. Yeah, because he can play both sides of that ball. Right. Both of you kind of stole my thunder, but the the uh, specific question I wanted to ask you was. 
you know, with, with Gordon Hayward's injury uh, history, what, was that a direct result? Do you think that was the direct result of the Hornets going after Uber? I guess that's what my, my question is. Yeah, you need an insurance policy. He's your he's one of your main guys, if not your main guy offensively. Because when Hayward is cooking, he is tough to defend. He's a, he's a, he's a very good basketball player. Hey, and can, and can you kind of go over, like, how important Hayward is to this particular team? Like, what, how, how important you think he is to the Hornets? Shoots the ball with range. Very, very smart player. He's got very nice vision. He warrants the defenses have to specially prepare for where he is on the floor. And, and he's a legitimate scorer every night for you. Right. Well, I'm looking at you never ignore trends in performance. So when I look at him and I look at his history, I go back and I look at the season and I go, his loss had how big of an impact on my team? Was I good enough to offset his loss? The answer I thought was no. A resounding no well, in my opinion. You bring in, you bring in, Ubre, you bring in a guy who will help offset when there is an injury to one of your starters and who also has the flexibility on nights to start for you. And he will defend better than uh, what most at that type of size. So that's why they got him. You got to have bullpen help over the long haul of an NBA season. You can't have your starters pitch every inning. You got to have backup help to come in and stop gaps. So I thought that was a very nice acquisition to offset the wear and tear on, on Hayward's body. It's, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. What is your opinion on the rookies, I, James Booknight and Kai Jones? I, I, I like Booknight. I see the potential there. Uh, but Kai Jones, he seems like more of a project to me. What, what are you thinking? Okay. It, you bring in a rookie, and where is he as a player? As You, you, you get him now. What, what can he do right now? Mm-hmm. He's a rim-to-rim runner, mm-hmm. tremendous athleticism. He can handle the ball decently enough in the open floor. I've seen right. him play several times. He can grab it, get it, broken play, flourish, you know, out of a, when it's non-structured. And if you want to get out in the open floor, he's a guy that could change ends of the floor for you. He is blessed with all kinds of potential. Right. How coachable he is yeah. – I don't know. I'm not coaching him. But he, he's going to be under the guidance of what I think is a staff that knows how to teach basketball. Uh, when you look at uh Knight and his talent. Can you say that again for, for the fans, <laughs> what you just said about the coaching staff? I think they teach very well. We do, too. I've, 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 know, I, I've seen James Gray. We are in agreement. I'm sorry? I said, we are in 100% agreement. Thank you for saying that. He can teach. He's a very smart basketball guy. I've seen him work up close. I saw Monty Williams. He's a very bright basketball man. I mean, he right. sees things. He's a multi-level. He's got multi-level eyes, I call it. He sees what's happening. He sees how it's happened. And he sees you know, where it evolved from. And he knows what he wants the results. And he's a very, very good teacher. That's why I'm glad they stayed with him. Because I think consistency of philosophy is key. But then when you bring in uh, uh, Book Knight, you bring him in. Here's an explosive young man who was asked to do a lot in college. And right. that impacted his numbers because of the fatigue factor and, and the attention that he drew defensively. 
No, that's and, a big test. He, he, they, they exhausted him. He had to do so many things. Um, and and Jay, let, let me cut you off real quick, man. Um, because I want to, I want to speak to that point because I watched a lot of UConn basketball, and there was no, there was nothing around James Book. <laughs> I'm just kind of speaking to your point about how much of the workload he had on that particular that UConn impact. team, right? And that impacted his shooting because your legs get tired. You, you, you're, the, you're, the ta- you're the target of all kinds of defensive attention. So that impacts your numbers. Now in the preseason, uh, he didn't shoot it. And he didn't play as efficiently. I'd like to see him and how you will grade him in which, you know, we'll see how he adapts to it, is how many consecutive moments will he be stringing together as he gains experience? Instead of, instead of the wow moments like you call yeah, them. So. Exactly. Wow, what a play. He should play more. Well, no, because you missed trips two, five, seven, eight, and nine. Right, carry. Right, carry. That's how I watch games. I mean, sometimes I'll just take a guy and I'll say, I'm going to watch him for 10 trips, offensively and defensively, up and down 10 times. I want to see what he does, even when the ball's not in his hands. You learn so much about a player. And and then with a guard, too. So I want to see how he he evolves. But I'm intrigued by the, the, the guys that they sign and the impact that they'll have. And I want to see the rebounding. And I want to see how they, they play offensively because they have guys on this team don't necessarily have to play on the three ball. They got slashers, cutters, catch, finish, drive it. I want to see if they mix their offensive game up a little bit more. But their defense and their defensive rebounding is my eyes are locking in right there. And they got to shoot it better because they're not a good jump shooting team. They can be. Yeah, and Specifically, I like to see Miles Bridges kind of be a little more diverse because not you know we we talk about a lot how he was close to being a 50 40 90 guy last season. Yeah. However, I don't want just personal opinion, I don't want to see Miles kind of fall in love with the three too much because I think he's gifted enough to to I mean we see how explosive he is. We know he can get to the basket, we know he can get to the free throw line. So speaking to that point, you know, along with the Hornets offense. I think he's the main guy that I want to see kind of diversify his game along with that Hornets offense, basically. I think P.J. Washington and Bridges are two guys that could be fun to watch. But I agree with you. You know, right. I want to see Bridges get catches in the lane, go to the rim, go to the line, pick up an easy deuce. I want to see him take the three. You know, I want to see him post it up and catch it, throw the scoring pass, finish, diversify the game instead of becoming someone that's easier to locate defend. And the same thing with Washington. Now here, here's here's the key. The Rosier is balling in your guard, okay? The playmaking that comes out of that, um, especially in the open floor, how my bigs will run and how, how how I'll get into my here's a problem how I get to my offense how do I build up my defense on the return trip mm. because of all the flash offensively and good defensive teams you know how many to send to finish a play you cover on the backside and build up the defense you want to see all those little nuances though but I'm really looking forward to seeing ball this year and Rozier, and of course Gordon, and to see how that guard play. And I think I saw a stat the other day where the Hornets were running more pick and rolls in the preseason than they did the regular season of, of last year. 
the percentage went up. And they have the personnel to run that. But that becomes more efficient when I'm running a lot of stuff on that weak side, too. And, and yeah. Bregel knows this because he was under Greg Popovich. And Bregel he does, he does teaching that. So I just want to see a more complete, diversified offensive team to milk the game, to score from different areas as much as they can. Yeah. V-Man, I got a question for you. Um, what do you, what, what's, your, what's your prediction as far as the record this year for the Hornets? Um, the East is greatly improved. Right. They lost some games last year to teams they shouldn't have lost to. But, you know, yeah. there's, there's different factors. Injury, time of the travel, you know, back-to-back, whatever. Uh, I think they have a shot, to a legitimate shot, to be a playoff team. Um, so, you know, I'm hoping that they crack 500. So that would put them at what? the With the 82-game schedule, the 41-plus wins? Yep. Now, remember, you can put that in there, but there's big factors that impact your numbers, right? Injury and fatigue. And fatigue will be determined by how your minutes are distributed and how well your backups develop, how reliable they come, and how big of an impact will the injuries have on who, when, and where. And you know that's going to happen eventually. And then there's the other factor. You know, we used to just worry about the flu bug. Now you got to worry about COVID. Yeah. Uh, so as you design your roster, you got to consider all of these factors on nights to make up in case you lose a guy, not just to injury, but to the COVID protocol. Uh, right. Another challenge for teams. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Guys, what, what are your, what are your uh, record predictions for the year? 44-38. Wow, that was, that was quick. That's swift. That's easy. 44, what do you say? 44-38. Yeah, but they it's a play-in. They got playing game. They well, don't I mean, get a- I'm in that number with you. I could see that. You know, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I'm really looking forward to this NBA season so much more. Uh, I, maybe it's because you know we're we're coming out of uh, some of the COVID match, but I am. Re- I mean, I got the, the the Golden State Laker game earmarked for ten o'clock uh, this week. I got the Hornet game. Uh, my Knicks open up against the Celtics national TV. The Hornets are on national TV eight or nine times this year. And then don't get me started on the local cable companies with the product, please. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to talk about that. So I'm yeah. hoping. I'm hoping we're looking at playoffs and. Because, you know, I'll watch this game all day long. Yeah, same. Um, I'm going to go 41-41. I'm going 42-40. So we're all, we're, all, we're all in the same boat. We're all in the same yeah. boat here. Yeah. So uh, here's to Wednesday night, man. We're going to get pumped, get excited. Sell out the cable box, Sean. All right, so what's your prediction for Wednesday? Look, I'm not going to predict. I'm not going to give you a score or a win-loss. I- I'm going to tell you what I expect and what I want to see. I want them. I want to see intensity. I want to see a mad team. I want to see a team that said, "You know what? We got our ass kicked the last game of the season, and we want some get back." I know it's the first game of the season. You finished zero six. You finished zero six. Then there's that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah. So instead of me predicting the score, I just want to see. I want to see focus and intensity. I want them to remember that game against Indiana. Right. That that ended the season, and I want them to play like that. I'm, I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm, I think we lose open tonight because I I think Indiana has its full complement of players, and their strength is the inside, and we don't 
that, that's, that's his problem. But but but, 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 I, but they got Rick Carlisle as the coach now. I mean, if if they win, it's because Cody Zeller won't be there to push Miles Turner around. That's right. <laughs> that's right, Hornets fans. I don't I don't know why everyone is in love with Miles Turner. The guy averaged six rebounds a game for his entire career, and Cody Zeller used to just eat his lunch. Just, yeah, I don't I don't get it. And in fact, I think that I is essentially Miles Turner, very high athletic guy. It, it, yeah. Um, Probably not a great rebounder, but I think the, I actually I'm going to pick the Hornets to win. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly I'm going to be a homer, total homer. I'm going to pick us <laughs> to win because I'm a homer. I'm being honest. Okay, yeah. Hey, same here. I'm, I'm going to be there. You know, you point. You were talking about the, the, the Indiana line you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. That's why I want to see the Hornets diversify their offense because on, on certain nights like that, if, if, if you're more diversified offensively. Wouldn't that increase the chances of you putting frontline personnel in foul trouble? You're right. Yes, absolutely. Yes. You get into bonuses earlier and get into the line drawing contact, so you're getting those free throw points easily. You know, like they told Jordan back in the day in his career, diversifying the game. Then he got stronger. He had a fade game. Developed the mid-range game. He had additional six to eight extra points per night from free throws. Yeah, go. Do the same thing if they mix it up uh, in attacking people to go along to complement the mid-range game and the three-ball. All right, let's get let's head into these shout-outs, man. Got any shout-outs, Jerry V? Uh, yeah, I want to shout out to my lawyers, all three of them, for bailing me out of that mess the other day. I swear to God, I didn't know it was in my trunk. <laughs> that's that's New York stuff. That's, that's New York, York guy stuff, York, right, there. Yeah. stuff right there. Yeah. <laughs> Any other shout outs? There was a tire bouncing around in the trunk. I didn't hear any muffins. Oh, God. <laughs> you too, please don't, don't take that. Money. Don't owe me money. Now we know why Charlotte's crime rate is so high. <laughs> uh, what you got, Jamal? Um, I want to shout at my grandfather. My grandfather turns 99 years old. Oh, God bless you. So shout out to Mr. Samuel Darby, who is 99 years old today. That's beautiful. Where is he from? He He's from, from your neck of the woods. Okay, that's what I thought. Yep, St. Stephen, South Carolina, right outside of Charleston, right. man. Um, I don't think I want to be mean today. I don't think I have any shout outs today. Maybe I did and forgot him, but no shout outs today. Shout out to all dog lovers. There you go. Shout out to the, shout out to the Hornet fans and to the Panther fans. Hang tough, be passionate, make demands, stick in there. Be tough. When things aren't going well, uh, your team, let people know about it. There you go. I'm just going to shout out anyone who is surviving this pandemic. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of history. The, the flu pandemic of 1918 lasted three years. Mm. Three years. Um, and a third of the entire population of the earth was wiped out in that three years. So we're this still pressing shout out. Yeah, man. It is. But <laughs> I said that to say that it's not going to get easier overnight. I'm sure most of us have noticed. If you yeah, went yeah. to the, if you go to the grocery store anytime in the last few months, it's like, Hey, where's the everything? Yeah. The um, so just everyone hang just there. hang tough and be nice to each other because that's really the only way we're going to get there. Yeah, wear a mask and get the shot. You want to be nice to people. Yeah, hey, I, I wasn't going to say just go full, but since Jerry did it, yeah. Be nice to people. Look at it's more than just me, more than just you. It's about community. That's right. No doubt. Caring community. For yourself and caring for you. And Take your Kyrie Irving poster off the wall. 
<laughs> take it off the wall. So you, you had to say Kyrie. I, I was I was going to say it. I'm like, look hey, at man, I like Kyrie Irving, I, but like I say, athletes have a choice. They have choices that we don't have. Kyrie Irving's gonna be he's gonna be okay. He's gonna be all right. He's gonna be just fine. He's gonna be okay. That man got money. No, in. no, 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 hold, 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 hold. Money. <laughs> no, 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 Where's the team spirit as a team player? Kyrie Irving, he's never been. Even before the pandemic, he was never that. Hey, Jerry, I, look, I don't want to belabor this, but Stephen A. Smith was catching a lot of crap for what you just said. I'm going to leave it at that, man. That's it. Hey, hey don't call yourself a team player and and, and, and not do what's best for your team. Nah. And spend here, too, they're thinking the Nets got a shot to win the title. And you know what? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, but Kyrie's always – he was that way in Cleveland – we're, um, we're seeing the same person yeah, we've always seen. Exactly. Well, that's why they signed James Harden. Yeah. Insurance. They know yeah. If Kyrie's not going to play, they got James. Maybe Kyrie can go to the edge of the earth where it's flat. Yeah, and it's flat. And look, look, look over the cliff. And look over the cliff. All right. I'm done. I'm done. You are out of control. You are out of control. <laughs> I am going to give a shout out uh, first to the Chicago Sky of the WNBA who just won the championship today. Shout out to uh, Miss Candace Parker for the homecoming. You went home and you won the championship. Woo-hoo! And, uh, Shout out to Don Staley, man. Just signed a new contract. Yeah, she's not going anywhere. She's, yeah, yeah. She, Shout she, out to Don Staley. She, she loves South Carolina. For, former Charlotte Sting player. And and I want to share something with you guys on the screen. You will see it in a second. Just just give me a second. Oh, boy. <laughs> Jerry, we don't know what this is. is a I got a picture for you, brother. What? Give me one second. Is this a clip from my new movie? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a new movie. <laughs> You're Brad Pitt. <laughs> okay. Any, oh, yeah, where to go? Any day now, Ronnie. One second, one second, one second, one second. It's an overlay. We got two months till Christmas. <laughs> All right, V. Maggie, you see that? I don't see anything. You don't see it on your screen? No, not from my screen, no. Uh, so hopefully the readers can see that. It, it's Kyrie burning banners from Cleveland. <laughs> Boston. Boston, and now the Nets banner is on fire. <laughs> Ten oh, spirit. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, real quick shout out to Kimball Walker, who had a great conversation on – that was the Zach Lowe podcast. Yeah, yeah. Talks a lot about – uh, Charlotte and that whole situation. Uh, MJ and MJ and uh and, and uh Mitch made the right decision. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and I'm not mad at it. No, I mean, it, I don't think Kim, Kim was not mad at it. Kemba's a yeah. Nick. Kemba's a Nick. Hey man, I'm, 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 I'm excited for him. I, I, I am too. Actually, I'm excited for him. I'm, I'm excited with the Knicks on the play game, Jeremy. <laughs> Well, I'm a Knicks fan. I grew up in New York. I mean, I want to see the Hornets and, and the New Orleans Pelicans do very, very well. I got emotional connection, but I grew up a Knicks fan. But I'm very happy for Kimball Walker. He's back in his hometown. He's from the Bronx. And I hope he has a, a, a I hope he has a great year. Yeah, me too. Same. Tom Thibodeau, save his knees. Guys, thank you guys so much for watching. Jerry, thank you. Thank brother. you for coming hey, here. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure to see you lovable knuckleheads. Love you, Deacon. <laughs> All right, look, please look, look, don't, don't, don't make it a full six months again, okay? Hey, well, that's your call. Hey, I got a question. Yeah, when, when you come back to the studio, 
Krispy Kreme or Dunkin' Donuts? Which yes. one? Which one you we, we getting you? Uh, Dunkin'. I thought so. I knew he'd answer that. <laughs> he was such an East Coaster. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm just sucks. Y'all be good, man. <laughs> 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 